Hello, hello. It is Chowderhead Sports here coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. I mean, we've got the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Bruins, and the Celtics. We've got it all here in Boston, so it's pretty easy to say the best sports. Uh, so let's start off. You know, we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, there's the Patriots, the Bruins, the Celtics, but let's talk about the Red Sox. Oh, wait, we can't because it's not even truck day yet. Baseball season, you gotta hurry up. I, if you're listening from Massachusetts, then you know what the weather's been like. But if you're not, uh, it's been like it should be in March. It's been like 40s, you know, raining, even climbing up into the 50s. So it feels like baseball season. It feels like baseball season's on the way. How about that? You know, I associate baseball season with like, you know, sunny skies and uh, and summer weather. But it, it's feeling like it would if it's in like March, beginning of April. So. You know, my body's feeling like it's ready to go outside, and it's, like, drizzling, and I don't really need a jacket, or I need a jacket, but I don't need, like, a big winter jacket, and, you know, it's making me think that it's closer to baseball season than we actually are, so, you know, um, shame on you, Mother Nature, you're just, you're just making me feel like Red Sox baseball's coming up, and it's not, so, there was, like, the, uh, holiday, or, like, the winter, um, you know, classic or whatever. I don't know what it's called. It's like the you know the the Red Sox you know introduce the new players and you know they have like winter days. I think they call it. I'm not sure, but you know nothing really logistical with the team yet. Uh, Drew Pomeranz was signed to a one year deal for like a million or so. I'm okay with that. You know he's he should be a bullpen guy, maybe that fifth guy in the rotation. We'll see. Um, but I don't hate the signing. It's cheap. It it doesn't really cost us a lot. So, uh, having another guy, another arm out there. Will never hurt. Um, and that's pretty much it. They announced David Ortiz is retirement ceremony. Well, his jersey retirement will be June twenty third. It's a game seven ten Friday night playing the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's a mouthful. Um, should be a good game. Uh, tickets skyrocketed as soon as they said that. Uh, actually, Red Sox news tomorrow. Tickets uh for most of the summer games and like the big games. You know, opening day. Um. And, you know, Patriots Day uh, and most of, like I said, the summer games, they drop tomorrow, January 28th at, um, I want to say 10 o'clock in the morning on, you know, RedSox.com. You can buy them now from like StubHub and Ace and all that stuff. But from RedSox.com, where you might be able to, you know, pay a little bit better price. Um, they're dropping tomorrow. So if this game that you really want to go to in the summer, maybe it's the Ortiz retirement one, the Jersey retirement, then definitely... Um, you know, be be on the lookout for those tickets dropping because they're gonna go quick. I can guarantee that. So that's about it for Red Sox news. You know, kind of still slow. I re I wish we could talk about it. I really do. I love baseball. You guys know I love baseball, but sadly, it's just not not that time of year. So let's move on to the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, it it's it's just a slow season for them. You know, the last three games, you know, were all losses. We lost on Wednesday, January eighteenth. To the New York Knicks, 117-106 was the final, and then we played Saturday and lost to the Trailblazers in overtime by four points, um, 127-123, to and then Tuesday night, we lost to the um, Wizards, 108-123, to and you know, we got back in the win column against the Rockets, 109-120 Wednesday, but still, you know, the three losses in a row... Two of them at home against teams that you should be beating. You should beat the Knicks. 
The Knicks aren't good. You beat them on Christmas Day. You should beat the Trailblazers in overtime at your house. At your house, you should beat the Trailblazers. The Wizards. Let me talk about this Wizards game for a little bit. For all of you guys who don't know, there was you know some bad blood between the Celtics and the Wizards the last two times that we've played. You know, Drake, Jay Crowder put like a finger in John Wall's face. The time before, Marcus Smart got tangled up with someone. So, you know, the Wizards circled this game on their calendar. They circled this Boston game um, and, and came out to play. They wanted to wear all black pregame because it was going to be a funeral. That's what they said, a funeral. And and it was. We got we lost 128-3 to 108. I mean, that's a funeral if I say so 15 points. Um disappointed, you know what I mean? A lot of people hyped this game up. I was looking forward to it, you know, I I sat down and watched the pregame and you know, basically revolved my whole night around it. Really looking forward, you know, is it going to be chippy? Are the are the Celtics going to show that they're a good team? Are they just you know, gonna you know make these these you know Washington Wizards look like idiots for doing all this stuff, and they didn't. They didn't do it. The the Celtics could not rise to the occasion, and that's just disappointing. You want to see them, you know, beat a team that melts off about you. Look at Washington's not a good team. Washington is is below you. You know, they're just uh you know an inkling over five hundred, and they're just clawing to get a good playoff spot, and you know for some reason. You know, that doesn't translate to the Celtics as like, hey, we should be able to, you know, beat these guys. Um, okay, they're not clawing. They're fifth, but still. You know what I mean? They're they're just, I just, they're not good. You should be better than the Washington Wizards. And, you know, but for them to call you out and for, you know, this to not, not like national news, but I think a lot of people, you know, whether it was on SportsCenter, you know, or, um, you know, different talk shows, you know, we're talking about this, um, this game, is this going to be like a, you know, bring us back to those legendary rivalries and whatnot, and, and it was a pathetic performance by the Celtics, um, I am very disappointed in the way they came out, they just didn't look like they game planned enough for it, um, you know, Isaiah Thomas had 25 points, Al Horford had 22, and Crowder had 17, so that's good. Amir Johnson had a, you know, a whopping zero points, which I'm always impressed with. Uh, he only played four minutes though, so I guess we'll give him, we'll give him the, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt on that one. Jarebko had 18 minutes off the bench and eight points. Uh, he just had guys. Jalen Brown, 24 minutes. Like I like that. I like 24 minutes, but he only had eight points. You know, and he looked good. He he was one for two from three. The rookie Jalen Brown, kind of impressed with them. 24 minutes, I want more than 8 points out of you. I want double digits at least. Come on, you got to get that. Um, you know, so for, you know, for a game that was supposed to be good, for a, you know, a resurgence of, you know, basketball rivalries, nothing even happened in the game. It never was really chippy. You know, the Celtics just were bad, and, you know, that's just pretty much it. There, there was no need to get chippy because it wasn't even a close game. I would have loved if that happened, right? You know, think about it's back and forth. You know, they're hitting a shot, we're hitting a shot. Isaiah Thomas, John Wall, two all-stars going at it on the big stage. Well, not the big stage, but a game that a lot of people were talking about. You get some feistiness out of the Celtics, some feistiness out of the out of the Wizards. 
and, and it's just a great game, and it comes down to, like, the last few shots. Too bad that didn't happen. It was a complete blowout by my, by my standards. John Wall, 27. Bradley Beal, 31 points. I mean, like, they just, you know, their big players came to play, and, you know, it's just, I don't know. You know, everyone in their starting lineup played really well. Uh, even Gortat, they got the big center in involved, and, um, you know, kudos to them for, for calling the Celtics out bringing a lot of attention to themselves by wearing black, by making statements about it, and, and winning the game. Because if you lose that game, if you're the Wizards and you lose that game, you look like an idiot. You look stupid. Because, you know, oh, what kind of funeral? Your own? I mean, really, I don't, I don't get it. And, and they won, though. So you know what? You can't. You can't mock them. You can't say anything bad because Celtics went out there and underperformed, and that's the story. So if we meet these guys in the playoffs, which would be awesome, but if we do, I don't think we will. Just the way the seeding's falling, they're too close of teams, and it just probably wouldn't happen. Um, but if we did meet them in the in the playoffs, that would be an epic playoff series. But right now, the Boston Celtics just have to get it together. Brad Stevens, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but you can't lose to these games. So tonight they're playing 7:30 against the uh, Orlando Magic at home. Obviously, you expect the Celtics to win that game. And then coming up, we play the Bucks, the Pistons, the Raptors, and then the Lakers within the next, you know, week or two. So, you know, got got a slew of games that you'd expect us to win. You know, the Raptors is a good test. You know, they're they're up there in the conference. Um, you know, the Lakers are just, you know, they're the Lakers. So you, even if you don't think the Lakers are as good anymore, Celtics-Lakers is always going to be fun to watch, even though Kobe's gone and, and whatnot. It's, um, we'll see if these young guys can spark any, uh, spark any um rivalry but right now i i don't not impress with the celtics as you know as as much as i was coming into the season you know they're they're playing well you know they're they're sitting pretty up in the conference they're third you know where they were last year or they dropped down a little bit later on but they're 27 and 18 you can't hate that they're like a game behind um toronto and you know obviously cleveland is the Actually, Cleveland's been playing pretty bad, so who knows? There's not a lock for the one seed for Cleveland there. You know, the Celtics are right behind them. But, you know, realistically, you, you took one of Atlanta's best players in Horford. Atlanta lost uh, Jeff Teague um, in free agency or in a trade, my bad. And they also traded away Kyle Korver. So that's three players of their starting five, or maybe Korver was reduced to a bench player. I'm not 100% sure in the Atlanta Hawks rotation. But still... They lost Corver, they lost Horford, and they lost Jeff Teague, and they have the same record as you? No, I'm sorry, they're a half game back. They're 27 and 19. The Celtics are 27 and 18. So I I don't know. What what do you what do you what do you take from that? I, I look at that and say, all right, the Celtics aren't good. If you're if if you are that close to a team that you literally took one of their best players and they jettisoned two of their other best players. And now who's left? Kent Bazemore? Paul Millsat? Like, I don't know. Atlanta's in breakdown mode. They're trading players away. They're not building up to try to win championships like you are. And you've got the same record. This Celtics team is far away from a championship. Far away from a championship. Especially, you know, we're not even considering, you know, we're having a hard time clawing ourselves out of, like, the mediocrity of the, of the Eastern Conference. Put us in the West where you're playing teams like the Spurs, the Thunder. Well, all right, the Thunder aren't what they were without Durant. I get that. But still, still playing the Thunder, the Warriors, 
the Trailblazers who walked into your building and beat you. You know, there's a, there's a lot of teams out in the in the West that you're lucky you only play them like twice a year. Um, you know, so the only thing we've got going for us is Brooklyn is literally the garbage of the NBA, and they're sitting at nine and thirty six. So we're hoping to get the number one pick. Um, yeah, they're they're in last place by seven games. They're just a dumpster fire. Um, but yeah, you know, if if you put the Celtics in the West right now, if they're twenty seven and eighteen. Oklahoma's 20, 28 and 19. Memphis is 27 and 20. So you'd probably put us ahead of, of Memphis. So they'd be the seventh seed. They'd be the seventh seed in the Western Conference near Memphis, near Denver Nuggets, and near Oklahoma City. Um, Utah's would be better than them. Houston would be better than them. The Clippers would be better than them. I mean, and that's just if you take our record right now. Who knows when you're playing Golden State so many times and San Antonio so many times and Houston and all that in Oklahoma, your record could be easily way worse. You could be looking, you know, more like Sacramento being like 20 and 27. So who knows? I'm just thinking the Celtics aren't where they where they should be. And if you're a Celtics fan, you know, don't don't let the Brad Stevens, you know, magic, you know, cloud your mind or Isaiah Thomas being an all-star. This team isn't good. It's disappointing. I was looking into it. Horford is is not the factor we thought he'd be. You know, we're not winning oodles of games more than we were last year. And it's just, it goes to show you that a lot of teams um, just, they just, you know, are underperforming. And a lot of teams can think they're in contention, but you're nowhere near the gold standard of the NBA. You're nowhere near the Cavs and the Warriors and the Spurs. Hell, you're not even near the uh, you know the middle the the middle pack. You know, really, you're not anywhere near Houston or or LA or Toronto. Well, maybe Toronto, but I don't know. Disappointing. Very disappointed. So we're moving on from them, and we're going to go on to the Boston Bruins, who just are a mess. Um. You know, Sunday, uh, well, Friday, really, they played the Blackhawks, lost one nothing at home, terrible game, defense didn't play. I mean, you know, obviously one goal against the Blackhawks is nice and all, but, you know, the offense wasn't getting anything going. The defense wasn't really energized. It just was a, it just was a, not a great game. And then, I'll, I'll admit it, didn't watch the Penguins game on Sunday. I was too excited for the AFC Championship game. I was actually at the AFC Championship game for the Patriots, so I didn't watch. Penguins killed them 5-1. to one. And then, you know, it took us to overtime to beat the Red Wings, uh, four to three. And then we actually did beat the Penguins last night, four to three. Um, it's a pretty good game. Uh there was, you know, some controversy with Brad Marchand in an in a tripping call. Well, you know, he he tripped a player. It was never called during the game and then, you know, afterwards they were gonna see if they wanted to suspend him or whatnot. And, you know, I watched it. It looked pretty bad. Uh, I'll admit it. He he's you know a little known for being a chippy guy, you know, and especially in the league today where it's so focused on the offense, keeping the offense going, making sure it's high scoring games. That's a you know that's a suspension, and he only was fined like ten thousand dollars, I think. Um, as a as a Bruins fan, as a Brad Marchand fan. I, I still think he should have been suspended. It it was it wasn't a good it wasn't a good look for him. He you know, if you watch the play it's against um I think it's against Detroit, he just like tripped this guy. You know, the guy was standing near like the blue line 
and you know he he came over and the guy was you know had his back to him and he just came over and clipped the guy's leg and took him out and um it wasn't a good look it's just you know not what you want to see and i think that kind of shows where this team's at right now just the frustration the the lack of discipline claude julian see you later buddy yeah you're gone you have to be this team needs to just look at themselves in the mirror you know the front office says where are we going uh you know they're they're you know 25 and 21 you know with it's just dismal i mean you know 56 points you know this far in the season you know in in the wild card you're looking pretty bad um it's just it's not gonna happen they're not even i don't know i just i just don't understand why people you know get so excited for bruins games like they're not they're not good either they're just like the celtics they're very disappointing and and that's coming from a from a hockey fan i love when hockey's good when you have good hockey you know what i mean you know there's there's a lot of times you know it's just high energy and the celtic i mean the celtics the bruins aren't there you know they're not really they just don't seem to be like i don't know what the word is like just intense enough they're just like lackadaisical almost they're just poor performance the games aren't that exciting i mean we're clawing to get these victories how many times have we won by more than two goals in the last you know month not often not often you're losing by a lot more yeah seriously when was the last time the bruins won by more than yeah i can show you you know january 10th they won five to three against the blues two points two goals and then they beat the flyers six to three but after that you lose by four lost by one lost by one lost by four one by one in overtime and one by one so we'll see where this takes them i don't know disappointing they play uh on upcoming games yeah they play on the 31st they play the lightning and then on the first of uh february they play the capital so those are some good games coming up we'll see what happens if they fire anybody make any big trades i don't think it's going to happen you know in the offseason move some guys we'll see jettison some of your roster i don't know but they got to look themselves in the mirror and really you know not be happy with the way things have been going right now it's just it's very poor performance you know both the celtics and the bruins what's going on in the garden is not good um to say the least yeah very very disappointing but let's move on to a team that is not disappointing that is not lackadaisical or underperforming let's go talk about the new england patriots yes your afc champion new england patriots obviously um if they're afc champions that means they won last weekend they played the pittsburgh steelers um final score 36 to 17 wasn't even that close if you watched the game and yeah this this team is the best team in the nfl by far you know i i was there i was at the game saw everything happen live with my own eyes and just watching how methodical tom brady and the new england patriots offense was able to carve up the defense of the steelers and and how the defense was just able to you know hold the the offense uh that that three-headed monstrous offense of the Steelers and just you know bend them at will 
just scary almost. You know, if you're if you're another team, if you're the Falcons who were playing in the Super Bowl, spoiler alert. Um you got it. There's no weakness to this team. Doesn't mean that they're gonna win. I'm the you know they can easily lose, but on paper there's not a weakness on this roster. You know you go go look at any position, and and what maybe linebacker you don't like Shane McClellan and and Van Noy fine. Um, so I I don't see it. I think they're nasty on all positions. They cover themselves well. This roster's built beautifully by Kraft and Belichick and. Um, very impressed. So, you know, if you look at some stats, Roethlisberger was 31 for 47, 314 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Tom Brady was 32 for 42, 384 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. Wow. The Pittsburgh Steelers rushing, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell got hurt. I get that. It was one of the first few plays of the game. Um, but I no excuse. Look at you know D'Angelo Williams when he was playing when Bell was suspended or hurt earlier this year. I think he was suspended for smoking dope. Either way, you know he he had Williams in and Williams was a monster. And last year when Williams had to step in for Le'Veon Bell, he was a monster. So so you know I don't look at this as like okay Le'Veon Bell they're significantly worse. Obviously Le'Veon Bell is a better running back than Williams. He's the best running back in the league. But at the same time. You know, it's not like all of a sudden they go from Le'Veon Bell to, like, complete garbage. They go to Le'Veon Bell to arguably, you know, a top 20 running back in the league still. I, I would put D'Angelo Williams ahead of, you know, a lot of different running backs, um, you know, skill-wise in, in the NFL. I think, you know, he's he's a little older, but, you know, he had 14 carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. And he he also was receiving pretty well out of the backfield. Um so, listen, D'Angelo Williams was good, and it was still a real test. A lot of people were saying how the Patriots' defense hadn't been tested by a good quarterback or a good running back or a good wide receiver. Well, listen, you had a good running back, quarterback, and running back playing this defense this weekend. So don't tell me Bell was hurt, and that automatically cripples the Steelers' offense. No, 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 no. This Patriots team held the Steelers' offense, that three-headed beast, to 17 points, and you got to respect that. You've got to respect the fact that this team played a legitimate team. You know, I don't want to hear they're not playing legitimate teams. They're not playing good opposition. It's a cakewalk for them. It, maybe it's easy, yeah, 36-17 to 17 in a conference championship game. Not close. You know, the spread was 6.5. People barely thought that was going to get covered. And they come up and, and they play stellar football for 60 minutes. And, and give them some respect. You know, don't just say that you're not impressed or you haven't seen enough. This defense had went toe-to-toe with the best offense this year in the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the best offenses, I should say. Obviously, the, the Falcons had a beautiful year, and we'll talk about that later. But I still put a lot of, of you know, weight in their performance this weekend. I'm not just going to dismiss you know, the, this whole performance based on the fact that Le'Veon Bell got hurt. No, 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 no. They they stopped Antonio Brown. He only had seven receptions for seventy-seven yards, um, and and you know they were able to hold. You know they made a goal line stand. Jesse James was he in the end zone? Was he not? No. And then all of a sudden it's at the one. First down from the one, and they push him backwards. It's it was like third and five. Put some, give him some respect. It's just. It's disgusting. I, I hear these people 
rip apart the Patriots' defense because, what, you've got nothing better to talk about? So you're just going to make stuff up like, oh, they haven't really been tested this year. No, no, no. You know, that's not, not only is that not respecting the Patriots' defense, but that's not respecting any of the teams you play this year. That's not respecting Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and, and Mike Tomlin's team and the effort that they put in. You know, they played the best that they could. And they and they just weren't able to move the ball on this Patriots team. They they you know, it was just a beautiful performance by them. And and you know all the credit in the world to the Patriots defense. So so don't say that they haven't been tested. That's just despicable. Patriots offense. If you want to hear, Legarrette Blunt wasn't as big of as a factor as many people thought. He had 16 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Dean Lewis six carries, 11 yards, no touchdowns. White was one carry for nada. Um, so, you know, it's funny, La you know, last week, or, you know, really not last week, more like two weeks, you know, they play the, the Houston Texans, and Deion Lewis goes off, this week he does absolutely nothing, he combined all of his yards, he had 19 yards on, he touched the ball eight times, <laughs> ask the Patriots for you though, we'll beat you with someone else every week, um, the MVP of this game was Tom Brady, and then if it's not Tom Brady, it's Chris Hogan. He had nine receptions, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. Edelman also stepped up big with 118 yards and a touchdown. Um, so very impressed with the way the uh, the running backs were able to perform. Not a great game from Mitchell. He had one catch for five yards, but he he had a couple drops. Um, Bennett, you know, five yards, uh, five receptions, 32 yards. He, you know, got you know, he's hurt, give him a break, he blocked pretty well, he was in there in the passing game, drew some coverage, but yeah, Hogan, Hogan stepped up, he he proved to be one of the best offensive signings in, you know, the last five or six years for the Patriots, he was brilliant, um, as for, you know, the uh, Pittsburgh, they had Antonio Brown, like I said, seven for 77, uh, Eli Rogers, seven receptions for 66, D'Angelo Williams, I'm telling you, Look at Daniel Williams was you know they're obviously the number one rusher, but he was the number three receiver with seven catches, fifty one yards. So he combined, you know, his whole day was eighty five yards. That's not bad. Jesse James five receptions, forty eight yards, and then everyone else is irrelevant. Um, so yeah, the Patriots moved the ball well. They just couldn't be stopped. Um, you know, but you could kind of tell that flea flicker that they ran was beautiful to watch I was screaming freaking out and um you know he hit Hogan and that's when you kind of knew it was over um that's when you knew there was just it just didn't feel like Steelers were going to be able to pull away and all the credit in the world to the Patriots no one else is willing to give you credit Mr. Chota heads over here will mad respect to the Patriots they came up big and performed well and their championship caliber team. They deserve to go to the, the Super Bowl this year. You know, you can talk about how easy their schedule was or the division is or their teams in the playoffs, you know, and, and I say, listen, they prepare well. There's a reason why they're good. If everyone else is bad, doesn't that just mean you're good? Or no, does, does that not matter? You know, it's a discussion for another day, obviously, but um, I really do think that you can say this was an easy schedule you know, and teams weren't playing, you know, the best football that they could be. And whose fault is that? Is that the Patriots' fault that, you know, other teams suck? No, it's not. The Patriots are good. They're a better football team. A lot of people watching this game think it was going to be close. Hell, people even took the Steelers to win the game, and they didn't. They lost. 
by a lot, by 19. So I don't give the Steelers, you know, I'm not going to disrespect the Steelers by saying they're not a good football team. They're a great football team. I was scared to play, you know, I was scared to, to watch uh, this game. I was like, wow, my first AFC Championship game live. I don't want to watch the Patriots lose. So I, everyone, you know, the people who are saying the Patriots defense haven't been tested, you know, even up until, you know, you know, yesterday I heard it. You know, they were the same people saying the Patriots can lose this game to the Pittsburgh Steelers because of how good their offense is. So shut up. You know, pick one. Either you like the Steelers' offense or you you like the Patriots' defense. But you can't say, oh, you know, one week you love the Patriots' defense. You know, you don't like the Patriots' defense. You think they're going to get, you know, destroyed by Pittsburgh. And then all of a sudden Pittsburgh has a bad game. So you're like, up oh, the league's too easy. The Patriots clearly aren't good yet. You know, it's just the same garbage, and I just can't stand it. So kudos to the Patriots once again. Um, and that was my big spiel about you know other things um, that I guess don't really relate to the Patriots. More of just you know outside stuff. So let's move on to the Green Bay Packers and Atlanta Falcons. I'll be honest, I didn't watch this game a lot, so that I don't have a lot to say on it. I watched the first half and it was like 24 to nothing, and then you know we went into the stadium, so. Didn't really get to see how things really shook out in the second half, but the final score was 44 to 21 Atlanta. So, um, you know, it just ends the debate. I don't ever want to hear Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady again. Never hear it again. Stop it. He's not the Michael Jordan. He's not, you know, the you know the LeBron James or whatever you wanted of football. He's not. He is just a great quarterback who can't win big games. Um, you could call it on drops, you can call it on that, but if you look at Tom Brady, who he's throwing to, and you look at to who um, the the Packers have for their wide receivers, I don't want to hear it. We've got a you know an old quarterback from Kent State as our number one wide receiver. We've got some practice squad guy from the Bills, um, and you know we've got you know a tight end for the Bears, and we're missing Rob Gronkowski. And Tom Brady's carving up teams. So just, you know, just don't say it. Don't say it. Packers fans, listen, you got a great quarterback to root for. Aaron Rodgers is magical. He's not better than Tom Brady, and he'll never be. It's just That's just it. So, uh, you know, the, the Atlanta offense looked high-powered as always. Their defense, you know, held the Packers to no points until the second half. So kudos to them. Like I said, didn't get to watch the game a lot. I wish I did, but, you know... When you got a chance to go watch the Patriots, and you're gonna go watch the Patriots, so um, you know that's pretty much it. I'll do a, I'm gonna do a big Super Bowl, you know, podcast, you know, to get ready for the game. It'll probably be coming out Friday. You know, lots of good stats. You know, lots of good research. I'm gonna put into it. I'm gonna rewatch the championship games. Um, you know, from this weekend or last weekend, more like it, because who really cares about the Pro Bowl? Um, so you know, it should be, it should be uh. You know, I'm going to put in a lot of work to get a lot of good information. But Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. You know, rejoice, Pats fans and, you know, people who, you know, don't hate us everywhere. <laughs> um, should be a good game. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, you know, Atlanta should be a, a good team. You know, they, you know, beat some sizable foes. I didn't necessarily think they were what they were. I thought they were inexperienced. I didn't pick them to win against the Seahawks, but they did. I did pick them to beat the Packers, but, you know, even still, you don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, they, they left the Georgia Dome for the last time with a victory. They're going to the Super Bowl. I don't hate the Falcons. Kudos to you. You guys played great, um, good offense. 
I'm going to dissect it, do some numbers, and, you know, we'll see, you know, what what comes next weekend. Um, but, yeah, Patriots in the Super Bowl. Defense is legit. Offense is legit. They're going against the Atlanta Falcons, who are offensively sound, but defensively a little susceptible to uh, losing. So we'll see where everything shakes out. But, you know, as always, this was Chowderhead Sports. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, go Pats.